This episode is brought to you by KX Pilates Cottesloe. From beginner to advanced, their modern studio has classes to suit you and your goals. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Buongiorno, ciao, and welcome to the Left of Field podcast. I'm Danny Kavanagh, and today we're going to be jumping into the world of motocross. Luke Davis is going to be chatting to me, and he is a name known around the country. This motocross champion has been in the game for about 15 years, originally from WA, but he has traveled all over winning multiple championships. He's got some really exciting things as well happening in his coaching. And so I hope you enjoy this chat and get to learn a bit more about a sport that you might not have watched so much of. There's a lot happening in Australia at the moment with a brand new league. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy. Luke Davis, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? Not too bad, thanks. That's good. Now you're over in Melbourne. You've just had a weekend of competition. How did you go? Yeah, we came over here for the first round of the Australian Motocross Nationals. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest weekend. It's it's been raining all all uh, since Friday since we got here, and then really heavy showers on Saturday as we were setting up for the race on Sunday. Yeah, so race day came along Sunday. We we prepared as much as we could. I got the bike set up as best I could to get over here, and just a really freak accident happened in the in the first practice session where we had to get warmed up to the track and do qualifying within three laps. A part of my motorbike snapped off, so the the gear shaft inside the motor snapped in half and left me without any any gears, and I was locked in fourth gear. So that was really it's something you can't really fix on the day. And coming from all the way from over in Perth, and just yeah, didn't really have any spares with me or a spare bike or anything. So that that really ended my whole weekend, and that was me done. Does that happen a lot? In competitions, does your bike fall apart or get bashed in by other bikes? How often does something like this happen in a race and in a lead-up to a race? It's not uncommon. There's always mechanical failures and bikes that, that do have dramas out there. Just you, know, you can be really super prepared as you can. Like a lot of the factory teams, there was, there was one of the top runners on the weekend in the Pro Open class. They're the top team in Australia and they just had just a, a freak thing at the very first race, first round, and you know they blew a shock and... It is a sport, it's just anything can happen. There is mechanical failures and then there's some that just get away with it and it doesn't happen to them. You know, you go to a racetrack, you go to a national and you, you'll generally see probably two or three mechanical failures out there through a day of racing between probably 120 bikes. And on the other side of the coin then, there is the freak accidents that could cause injury. I mean, it's a really intense sport. You guys are doing crazy things on the bike how often do those big crashes happen? And are you afraid every time you put the helmet on that you're putting your life in danger? Yeah, again, that's racing. It does happen a lot in motocross, especially in this sport. You know, we don't have roll cages or that bat safety barrier around us and we are doing yeah, pretty high speeds and jumps and all that sort of stuff. So it is a big risk. Yeah, you will get a few injuries in the sport this weekend that we just had here at Nationals. I don't think... Out there, there was too many massive ones. I think there's only probably maybe two or three injuries out there. But you know, a weekend before, we were at the state round back in Perth in Mandurah, and there was a few injuries there where they were cut off in ambos. And yeah, it happens. It does happen a lot. It is the nature of the sport. You can't be running scared from that that kind of stuff. You're in the sport because you love it and the, the adrenaline it gives you, and you'd love to get away from it. But yeah, somehow you keep getting roped back into it, and you're always out there on the track. 
bit of adrenaline junkie. How close have you come to serious injury and have you have you seen it yourself firsthand? Yeah, yeah I've obviously been doing it for probably 15 years now. I've broken a fair few bones and had a lot of injuries right from just the small things, ankles, legs and arms and that and then collarbones and then yeah, earlier days where you start doing internal injuries, that's never fun doing your, doing your spleen and kidneys and you know, liver, all that sort of stuff. You, you start really knocking your body around a fair bit and, you know, I've snapped both of my knees, ACLs and shoulders and all that. So, yeah, it, it does happen. It does suck. You know, there is, in the sport, you know, I've been really lucky. There's guys that haven't been so lucky and they've, you know, a lot of my mates and my friends and that have, have come off a hell of a lot worse than me. So, yeah, I've been pretty lucky, but it's a sport and people wouldn't change it and you, you keep coming back. Sounds like you have a loyalty card to the hospital. Would do you say that then the sport is doing enough to ensure the safety of their drivers? I mean, you're a rider who's, like you say, been in it for 15 years, but there's also kids in that that are coming through and you would have been a young child and you say you love the adrenaline and you wouldn't change it and it is part and parcel with, with the sport that you choose, but is there the safety around the sport at a great level at the moment in Australia? Yeah, in Australia, we are, you know, we exceed probably the world standards in that and what we require to do to get out there on the track and on the bikes and, and the facilities they have at the track on demand and, and all the places you go, they are really, really high. The helmets, all the protective gear now is, it's amazing, the technology and, and all the all the systems that go into it, you know, there, there is, it's to help prevent injury, it's not, never going to fully stop it. You see, it can happen anywhere, you can be crossing the road, you get more fatalities than that from, you know, car accidents and whatnot, but... Definitely in the sport with the the technology and the helmets and all the protective gear now, they are definitely way up there. Like there's, there, You couldn't do much more, ask for much more of the protection that they provide and the services they provide at the track to, to keep all the riders and, and, the, and the spectators and everything, they're all safe and the limits and all that are really, really good. It's good to hear. So what got you into riding then? It's a, it's a strange one. I actually didn't start super early. I started when I was 14, 15 years old. Before that, I, I was on a, a cattle station up in northeast Victoria and we were mustering on horses up there. So my whole life growing up was through doing horses and that, and I used to hate dirt bikes. We'd be in the bush trying to get cattle out and um, bikes come screaming past and they'd spook your horse and whatever. So I really didn't like dirt bikes back then. Um, and then, yeah, going through school and all that, all my mates started getting bikes and they were all coming to school after weekends and that telling me how much fun they had on their bikes and whatnot. And, had the bushfires come through home in '03. They were pretty large, and we saved our property. We only managed it; we didn't own it. So the the property owner actually sort of helped us out with something we wanted to do. And me being around those kids at that time, just wanted to get a bike. So eventuated into getting an 85 cc dirt bike CR, which was pretty cool. And then started local grass tracks with my mates, just hanging around the paddocks and having fun with it like that. And then it just escalated, went pretty fast into Vic titles, state titles, and then. Yeah, onwards and upwards from there. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, your climb up the ladder of motocross was quite quick. You've been at the top and currently dominating the season as well. What do you put that down to? Are you just naturally talented on the bike? Is it that fearless nature that kind of puts you above everyone else? I wouldn't say I'm quite dominating. There is a few top guys that, were, that missed out on the first round, but I do have a fair bit of natural sort of talent on a bike. And looking back now, I could have, I relied way too much on that natural stuff and didn't put the work in myself off the bike to make it much further than that when I was sort of towards the pointy end of the field back in the day. But down to now, I think it's just that natural talent. I've actually learned a lot of being able to calm down and 
I'm, I'm a lot smarter when I ride. I can just sort of plan ahead and, and think about what needs to be done on the track. And I've learned a lot, you know, with my coaching. I coach kids and sort of mentor a lot of guys through in the sport now that are coming through. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot myself just talking to those kids and, and how to manage these races that are coming up and do what I'm doing at the moment. So, yeah, in the state, that's pretty cool. What I've been able to do this year, just more so having fun. I'm still working a full-time job now. don't really train or do anything like that. But I can just throw a leg over the bike and just go have fun with I'm with my mates out on the track now, pretty much. Now you mentioned that you're also working full time. That's a challenge in this sport, isn't it? How riders have limited support and need to have a day job. Do you hope that that changes in the future? That there is more funding put into motocross because it is a professional sport. Yeah, it is. And, and back in 2005 and before that, there was some really big money and big rides and a lot of riders out there that were doing it for a job. And nowadays, it's yeah, it has turned down a lot, and it sucks that that's happened, but. After this weekend and seeing what the new format is and the new series, the new promoter and everything, it actually looks like it's in a really good direction. You know, I was on Fox Sports Live, SBS Live, so it was actually getting promoted really well, and I think that's been one of the struggles of the sport, getting out there. Uh, it looks really good now with all that happening, that some of these young guns that are coming through, they might start getting that support to not have to focus on going back to a job on Monday and, and all that sort of stuff and, and focus on their training and riding. But yeah, for me, you know, obviously it's my time's gone, so full-time work is what I do. I sit in an earth-moving machine now. I'm in a grader and just push dirt around pretty much. So I'm playing dirt all through the week and then playing dirt on the weekend. So it's not too bad. It's good fun. So I enjoy it. You mentioned that new series, the Pro MX. How exciting is that for the sport and what can we expect this season from it? Pro MX, they are new. They've just stepped up this year and stuff they've organised with the media and the promotion and stuff is, is really, really cool. The, all the TVs around the track and everyone was you know, on Facebook and all that showing off the live stream as well as watching on TV. So they seem to be big ask for them. There was a lot of pressure on, on those guys and it was all sort of come down to this weekend and what we all seen this weekend is a good sign of what's to come and I'm, I'm sure they're going to continue that on. Um, all the reviews and everything from everyone I think will... Um, support everything and I think they're going to do a really good job this year. Um, you mentioned training that you try and fit in around work and competing across the country. How important is training in the sport of motocross? It's massive. A lot of people don't understand how brutal and how hard it is to ride a bike. I think if they watch probably some of the, the replays of the weekend and the track and the conditions that the riders have to ride through for half an hour plus a lap of those conditions where heart rate's up around like you know 180 190 you're really pushing the body to its limits the whole time through that you don't really get a rest on a bike a lot of guys think they just sit down and turn the throttle but it's uh till you get out there and the actual the hardship the guys have to go through it is it's so hard so yeah that working through the week is really tough you know i've got one of the young guys now that i support and i've supported for years coming through from when he was a you know half my height brock flynn so you know he had to go out and he's got an apprenticeship now he's 17 years old yeah, he works through the week, every day of the week. There is a few guys out that are lucky enough to not have to work through the week and can go out and ride every day and, and do all that training with the backing behind him. But he's gone out, got an apprenticeship, and he works every day. And then time isn't really an excuse. So he makes time through the day, does his work, goes home, does the training off the bike, and then tries to at least ride once a week if an afternoon or, or on weekends as well. Obviously, gets out there on the bike. So it is really tough with the job, but you do have to have something to back you up because this sport doesn't last forever, and if you don't make it, you definitely need something to fall back into. What type of training do you then like to focus on? What does your training schedule involve? When I was training, it was you know every single day you were doing a lot of off bike training, you know, core 
cardio. It was a bit of everything because when you're riding a bike, your body's just getting attacked by everything. So the training was, you know, nutrition is massive, which was one of my downfalls as well. Yeah, just, there's there's so much that goes into it. And there's the guys now, we went to the AIS when I started out. And we spent a few weeks there with Stephen Gall and all those guys. And it was it was a massive program. And, there's, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but they all have different programs they go to. But it is it is brutal and you do have to be mega fit to be able to do this stuff for a living and put your body through that for half an hour and run at peak performance that whole time. KX Pilates in Cottesloe has officially opened and if you're a big Pilates fan like me, this would be music to your ears. Now, KX Pilates has been around for a while and the team at Cottesloe is ready to help you experience a revolutionary, fast-paced, high-intensity body-toning workout in just 50 minutes. Their motto, workout smarter, not longer. Now, I've tried the classes here. They have some really great teachers who really give you quite the workout and you were left a big sweaty mess. They have brand new beds there that I actually haven't seen in any other studio and they're really cool. Plus, KX takes Pilates to a whole new level. You really feel the toning in all your muscles. My abs are always really sore. So if you want to give KX a go, why not use the code left of field and become part of the KX family? I promise you, you won't regret it. It is amazing workout for all levels, whether you have never tried Pilates before or you are a bit of a Pilates freak. I hope to see you in some classes soon. You mentioned that you're training up a few young kids. You do run a development program that's quite successful and there's a lot of really exciting prospects coming through. Tell me, how did that get started and why are you so passionate about training this next generation of Australian motocross riders? From when I was growing up, like when I started making that that top sort of level of riders, it was really difficult for me to find the support or, you know, I had the speed. I had one really big influence in my life, Nick Sullivan, who really, really stepped up and he believed in me and he'd give me everything I, I could possibly need to make it. And then there was just the little things that I didn't push into it you know, affected me and it was all, all like all on my behalf, you know, everything's a result of what you do. So now it's me learning from my mistakes really and trying to pass them on to these kids as a teenager and how you think you know everything. So me being still pretty young and I still gel really well with the kids, I'm still mucking around and I, you know, play around with the kids and have fun in the pits and riding around and that with the bike. So yeah, now I'm mates with all the kids and we can sort of pass on from my past experience, you know, how to talk to them and how to communicate with them on what they need to actually do. And parents, you, your parents try and tell them they just don't listen to parents. So me trying to push it through to them, me still being able to throw the leg over the bike and show them that I can still ride a bike at, at a decent pace. And I think they respect me a little bit and I'm able to definitely pass on some of my skills and knowledge to those guys. So my programs through WA have definitely been really successful. I was doing it full-time there for a bit, but Again, it was just COVID and a lot of other things hit and then I had to sort of focus on some other things. So I'm still out there supporting a lot of kids and, and a lot of the top riders in WA is really cool. So it's good fun. I'm still be able to be involved in the sport and help those guys come through and then come to events like I have here to help them out and be that person on the line with them to give them the advice and help they need. Yeah, how with the representation of women in the sport going? Are you seeing more girls jumping on? They're actually, growing up, my sister was one of the top-level motocross riders in Australia. She was top three in Australia in championships as well. So I have supported a lot of female racers through now. TJ O'Hare, who now is in over in Europe racing in the World GPs. And then you know, there's a couple here, Phoebe Bronwyn, who's coming through the ranks. And there's a few other girls out there, Rimbus girls in WA. So 
there is a lot of females in the sport at the moment that are doing really well and it's starting to grow more and more and it's something that I have um, pushed and supported a fair bit through while I was starting my programs with 14MX development. I've definitely been trying to help out the women's side of that because I know my sister, she was definitely at that peak and one of my good friends, Tori Dare, she was at that top level but the support just wasn't there for them so it just wasn't viable for them to keep racing. They just stepped back and pretty much got rid of their bikes and that was it. They just went into doing day-to-day work so it sucked to see such really good talent like that have to step away because there just wasn't support for them to, to keep going at it. So what can we expect from this season of Australian motocross? Is there some exciting young talent? How are the tracks looking and what is the level like currently in Australia? Sell it to us. Get us onto the sport. <laughs> uh, definitely I think like I said that promoter putting on uh, the live coverage through SBS and Fox Sports if you ever see that popping up on the screen that's you'll watch that and it's really exciting especially from WA viewers the two top guys that won both MX1 and MX2 which are the premier classes are both from WA Kyle Webster and Regan Duffy are just on a crazy level at the moment especially Regan Duffy or what he's done he's only 18 years old and he's gone out, beating Australia's best straight out at the first round, and, and the speed he has is just ridiculous at the moment. So I don't think we'll see him too much longer in Australia. He'll be um, shooting off overseas again and uh, into Europe, I think, pretty soon. Definitely the, the talent and the speed that those guys have got, plus there is a lot of competition around them that, that's making the racing really exciting. So if you haven't seen it, it's definitely, it uh, doesn't take up too much of your day. If you're bored and sitting on the couch and you see it pop up on the TV, it's definitely worth a watch. I like to ask all my listeners this. Obviously, you being a coach, being a mentor for a lot of young people, they obviously would look up to you. And what are some words that you like to to give them, to inspire them, to kind of keep going at this very tough, very demanding industry? It's really tough. The kids need to have that drive themselves. They really need to want to do it themselves. A lot of parents I see out there are pumping, making it really easy for them and just sort of giving them everything they haven't had to work for themselves. So. Again, with my racing and that, when I started getting to that level, I um, just didn't put in the work. So the biggest thing is making those and and getting those guys to realise that natural talent doesn't get you all the way. You definitely need to put in the work and do the training and be very smart in the um, public presence as well and build that relationship with sponsors and potential sponsors and create those contacts, help you make it through because they're going to be the ones that are going to support you. So it's just having a really good public image and having that work ethic behind you is definitely going to help you out. And so what is your goal for this season? What are you hoping to get out of 2021 racing? Uh, well, it would have been exciting to try to take out this 125 championship that I came over here to race, but that's sort of a dream's fairly hard to achieve now with missing both the races on the weekend. But obviously leading the state round in WA in the pro class, it'd be cool to keep that going and, and bring that home. So I think that's now my focus now, just to bring that home along with work and, of course, you know, the kids I'm supporting, I just want to really see them do well and I'll, I'll continue to support my riders that, that are going to national level, trying to help them come through and uh, be the best they can and try to get those results. No, that sounds very exciting. Well, we can't wait to see you out on the track. If people are watching it on TV or can get out there to their own local track, they definitely should. I mean, what do you love so much about the sport? Is it the speed? Is it the adrenaline? I think it's the, yeah, the speed, the adrenaline, it's just, you, you can't really beat it, you know. It's, it's, you can't describe it to someone that doesn't ride a bike. If you got to be out there on a bike and ride it and feel it for yourself, then you'd understand. But people sort of that don't have that interest, it's it struggle for them to realise the adrenaline rush you get out of it. So I guess it's that adrenaline because the sport does beat you up a hell of a lot. So somehow we keep coming back to it. So it must be that adrenaline. But yeah, as soon as you slide that helmet on, there's not much else that's going to stop you from going out there. 
Well, get on the tools, get that bike fixed and get that number one podium spot. But thanks for chatting to us today, Luke. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you and thank you, Luke, for giving us another ripping chat. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please uh, like, follow, subscribe to the Left of Field podcast. And uh, why not let me know what you think of the episodes and who you'd like me to chat to next. Otherwise, I'll be back again in your ears next week. So have a great week and goodbye.